It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on January 3rd, 2022. Welcome to 2022, boys and girls. LA Galaxy getting ready for their preseason to start. We have some preseason scheduling stuff we want to talk to you about. Player signings? Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, a whole bunch of stuff going down, including a preseason tournament that we're going to tell you about. And breaking news right here as well. Lots of stuff coming up for you. So we have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, players, players going to different places, players coming in, all that sort of fun stuff. But to help us on this very wonderful day that we have going on so far uh, is, is the man himself. Is the guy who uh, went on a cruise and then came back, and now apparently is is back somewhere, and and he's here. So it's Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how's it going? Well, I survived the cruise, but it's 46 degrees out here in uh, Pandaville, so it's really cold. I just found out right now before the show that you silenced me. You put me on mute when you do the opening. I I, I did. That is trampling on my First Amendment rights and privileges is not is it not is is that is that what you think you actually think that that's that's what's happening no it's no it's like no. marjorie taylor green on twitter although we do endeavor to tell at least what we believe to be the truth so that it is a little different well, by the well, way you were just on you were just on another show you were on a show in nashville i i was i, I did a little bit of uh of nashville show which is uh which is always nice it's always nice to sort of hang in there and talk to some some people who are around and you know, and find out different things that are going on and different things like that. So yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty good. I I enjoyed it for a second. That inspired me to pull this out. Look at this. This is a Walker Zimmerman guitar pick. Nashville sent out five guitar picks on people they wanted the media to vote for for their different awards: Defender of the Year, Coach of the Year, Goalkeeper. So and because it's Nashville, right? They did it with guitar picks. They, hey, so I, I like creative that. that is. I think that's I think that's actually super creative. So. Um, by the way, I think your audio was messed up and I think I have since fixed it, but that also shows that I have me, not, me, 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 yeah, me. that also shows uh, that uh, I have, I have not been doing, um, a very, you know, uh, a very good job of, of trying to get the, the, you know, this show back up and running after being off for like two yeah. weeks. I don't even know how to do most of the stuff anymore. So yeah, our, our standards have really slipped. By the way, somebody that will be joining us, I found out about this. I got a text message from him, not on Twitter, but Larry Morgan is about to join the show listening, not as a guest after he watches another dismal Cleveland Browns performance, which is wrapping up right about now. Yeah. They're, they're losing to Pittsburgh. How, how was, how was your, uh, your holiday there? Um, you talking about the cruise part, the cruise part, no, the, was cruise, actually, the cruise, we already talked about that. You came back yeah, already. We scary, did that. Yeah. yeah. No, you were fine. The rest of it. Yeah. The rest of it. I, I did a lot of reading. And, and that, and that you just hung out, just reading just and, hung and, out some other and reading to watch very little TV, which was actually pretty cool. Um, did a lot of eating as pandas do, as yes. you can tell. Yeah, as you I, can I was tell. gonna say, yeah, I definitely put on some winter weight as well. Um, yeah, no, it was. I enjoyed my time off. Can I talk? Have you ever done an escape room, Kevin? Have you ever done an escape room? Not, not like whenever, no. not whenever Chris Klein corners you on a corner and you have to try to get out of the room. No, yeah, not it's usually that. the other way around. Yeah, it's I was him trying to run for you. Yeah, um, no, I did an escape room. Uh, with my oldest, who was in town, Grace was in town. We did a, a bank heist with uh, my wife and and my oldest, and uh, we had so much fun. It was in Anaheim. If uh, I they they did not pay me for this, but if you go to I, I think Mission uh, Mission Escape Rooms in Anaheim, which is in Garden Walk, there you can do it. The bank heist was outstanding. We 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 solved all the puzzles. We got out and we we 
recovered the artifact we were supposed to recover. We did all that. Um, and we had, uh, we had eight minutes left on the clock of a whole hour. And it felt like I was in there for maybe like 10 or 12 minutes. That's how like fast paced it was. And there's so many puzzles to break down and so many things to go through. It was a lot of fun. So anyway, I think that's my new hobby that I'm going to pick. I up. have never even heard of that before. You've never heard of an escape room before. No, Kevin, we really need to, we, yeah. we, we really need to get you out. I think a little bit more. I need to get out and about. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a good idea. So, um, anyway, that's where we're uh, that's where we're going. Um, a lot of stuff for the LA Galaxy, though. It's funny, Kevin and I were, were we talked in the morning, Kevin, and we said we don't really have a show to talk about anything yet, right? And then all of a sudden, now we have everything. It looks like a ton of stuff. We're going to take you right up to opening day. Fifty-five 50 days to go. <laughs> till the, we're taking you right up to kickoff now. I was going to say fifty-five days remaining until the LA Galaxy will host New York City FC, the defending MLS Cup chance that game, February twenty-seventh, twenty twenty-two. That means the LA Galaxy, who haven't reported to camp yet, have less than fifty-five days. Um, in fact, it'll be a lot less than fifty-five days to get ready for the season. Um, so it's uh, it's 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 coming quickly, and I think a lot of people are sort of being like, <laughs> "Will the Galaxy have a team to actually be able to play well, in that game?" I will not be able to be objective with that game. You know who owns New York City FC? Yeah. Well, yes, yes, we City know football group. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean, they're not that good, so it doesn't really matter. Um, LA Galaxy preseason. Let's tell everybody, Kevin, where we're going to. Uh, how we're going to start everything, right? So let's start from this very first like little itsy bit of hope that the LA Galaxy have, which is that on January 15th, we know the LA Galaxy will be reporting for physicals. Um, and then that means on January 16th, which is MLS's mandated reporting date, uh, the LA Galaxy will officially start preseason on January 16th. So. No contract delays this year. No strikes. No anything. No, we're, we're supposed yeah. to be going, right? This is this is we're going. Steaming, this is not baseball. This is not baseball. This is soccer. Oh, man, we're playing. Soccer is getting ready to take over baseball. That's one of the one of the things. That you know, it, it actually there was public opinion polling that shows that that soccer is in the U S is gradually catching baseball as a, one of the most popular sports among fans, NBA and NFL way ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, hockey's or soccer's already moved past hockey and it's catching baseball really quick. See, I like this a uh, little $5 super chat from, um, from George or Jorge, I should say, thanks for helping me through day four of the Rona. Oh my gosh. The, Oh my gosh. variant. Oh. Yeah. So, tough. That's, that's tough. Although he is chatting with us. I imagine that he's okay. If he was really not okay, then he would not be chatting with us. Uh, Andy gave us $5. So not only did we well not, get better, get yeah. better, Andy, or if, or, you know, if this is the state that you give us money and just sort of stay right here, just and keep, keep filling that up. I heard, Oh uh, no, come on. I'd rather have Andy be health healthy than, than Jorge. Have, Jorge. Jorge. Yeah. I'm sorry. Jorge. Then, then line your pockets over yeah, that, there. This is true. Uh, by the way, uh, he says, uh, you can choose only one of these, unlimited international slots or triple the salary cap. Kevin, what would you do? If I'm building the team? No, if you are MLS and you're allowing teams to, you can either have un, un, unlimited international slots so you can fill your team up with as many people as possible, but you still have a salary cap that is at its current state, or you can have, or you get to triple the salary cap. I think I would triple the salary cap, although that's very dangerous. We we saw that slippery slope. That's what killed North American Soccer League. I think MLS is way advanced from that. Right. But the reason I wouldn't take the other one, which sounds good, is we've seen that now in Leah Emekis where so many foreign players are coming in. It's hurting the national team. We saw that in England. MLS, let's not forget, uh, more than half the players last year were foreigners in right. MLS. Um, less than 50% were Canadian U.S. This league was started. Uh, to help build up North American soccer. It came after the World Cup in 1994. That was the purpose of the league. And, and it's, that's, well... That's, you, what, you that's get, what they said the purpose was, Kevin. That's that's not but, really what the purpose was. The purpose was to make money. That's what, And that's well, what yeah. they've been doing. And, and you can argue that it's working when you look at the players that the, that MLS is, isn't even playing in MLS. They're sending them to Europe right out of the FC Dallas right. Academy system. Um, so you can say it's working, but still nominally, I think that's one of the things it's supposed to do is develop U.S. soccer players. And if you have unlimited international slots, how many Americans do you think would be in the league? Yeah, I, I mean, I get, I you know, I, I sort of sit there. But also, I mean, you know, there's a lot of foreign players who get in on green cards as well. So that's where you sort of get the more than half whenever you sort of try to put it all together and figure that out. And there's some dual nationals that are incorporated. But technically speaking, there are only eight times, you know, 28 teams of international players, right? And only eight on a roster of 30. So the majority of 
the rosters are make it made up with domestic players, right? We know that. It's just the playing time usually goes to the international players. That's how that sort of gets gets leveled out. So LA Galaxy uh, are, are certainly guilty of that, as is every other team, because you're trying to use those international players to the best of your ability. So um, a lot of things that are sort of uh, going into that. That's a, it's an interesting question, though. I like. I think I would triple the salary cap. I think I think I would go that way um, as well. But I think you can do a lot more with with money. But that also means that you would try to thicken up the center of that 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 lineup, which I think MLS is missing. So anyway, we'll go through that. Um, physicals taking place on the fifteenth, uh, January sixteenth is when they'll report, and then the LA Galaxy will start their preseason. Now, also uh, announced today, not announced officially, but uh, it was leaked. Uh, Stephen Goff was talking, uh, was tweeting out that the LA Galaxy will be hosting a preseason tournament in Palm Springs. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Steve, get it right. Uh, I tweeted out, by the way, that uh, in life, if you want to be sure of anything, if Stephen Goff tweets it, it's true, right? And so yeah. technically, he's he's true because uh, he's coming from the D.C. perspective. But um, yeah, Palm Springs, Rancho Cucamonga, they're all the same to those guys. That's, it's all one, you know. But that's where the tournament is, Rancho Cucamonga. It's not in Palm. Don't go to Palm Springs. It's not there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's in Coachella Valley is where, uh, where it's going to be in. So um, we have a whole bunch of details about that. I'll tell you about that in a second. Here's something that you haven't heard anywhere else uh, because I just heard about it today. And I will tell you, the Galaxy outside of that preseason tournament, which we will give you details on here shortly, will be playing and hosting two preseason games at Dignity Health Sports Park as well. Uh, that lines up for the last weekend in January and the first weekend in February. So you're looking at like January 29th and 30th, and then the first weekend in February on the 5th or the 6th. These will be gated games. And when we say gated, it means there will be tickets you will have to buy or you will be given tickets. I don't know how that's all going to go out yet. Um, and then you will show up for a game. We don't know opponents. We don't know times. We don't know Angel dates. City. Angel City is one of the opponents. Angel, I don't. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Um, I was hoping that'd be cool. Yeah, that w it would be fun to see. Um, but the the big thing, and one of the reasons that this preseason tournament makes sense, Kevin, is we know a lot of teams usually come to Southern California for preseason training anyway. Well, there are, but see, there's also that tournament in, in Tucson. That's going to happen again. And I've heard some of the teams going there. I think Colorado might be going there. Seattle always comes down to Southern California, Houston, or Tucson area. I don't know if, if Seattle is going to play in the Galaxy tournament or if they're going to play in the Tucson tournament. Um, we know the, the, the two teams we know for sure. And I, my understanding was four to five teams. Five, I, I, I was told anywhere between four and six. So we're, okay. so we're right in there. So we know DC United is one and we know Galaxy is another. Right. Yeah. So and we could have on, as many as four other teams or, you know, as many as two other teams, really. <laughs> and the venue is? Uh, it will be played at the Empire Polo Club at the Empire Polo Grounds. If that sounds familiar to everybody, that is, of course, the same place where Coachella and Stagecoach are held. And the fun part about that, Kevin, is that if you go through a tree of su subsidiary companies, you eventually get to AEG owns those fields and owns that venue. And they put on Coachella and Stagecoach and all those different things. Uh, and so basically it's an AEG tournament uh, that is going to be held. And I was told uh, that this is the first time they're holding it, but it won't be the last. They're expecting this to be a yearly thing that people will go out to Coachella um, and be able to watch these preseason tournaments, sort of like a spring training, obviously, in, uh, in in soccer. So that's the idea, and it's being held at an AEG venue, which means that the money eventually goes to AEG slash the Galaxy in a roundabout way. So all of that is true as of right now. There is a tournament scheduled, four to six teams, Galaxy and DC United, two of the teams, in Coachella at the uh, stagecoach place run by AEG. What we don't know is if this tournament's actually going to go forward because of everything with COVID. We also don't know at this point, uh, you're talking about gated right. uh, uh, games at, right. at, at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park. We don't know if fans are going to be allowed into these games, paid or not. Right, correct. Because of COVID. Right. It's a much smaller facility, although you think of Coachella, you know, the huge mass people. For the stadium, my understanding is it's a smaller facility than, say, Dignity Health Sports Park. So you're saying, well, why can we let people into a ticket event there? Well, if you get 10,000 at Dignity Health Sports Park, socially distanced. If you get 3,000 into this facility, I'm not sure how big it's going to be, but that might not allow for social distancing. So we don't know how that's going to shake out. I mean, it may not know for a couple of weeks. Yeah, we, the the general timeline that we are expecting for this is middle of February. And I sort of guessed at the second and third weekends um, that it would sort of run that two weeks um, in there, but the second and third weekends in February, right? Because we already told you there's going to be a game played the last weekend of January. There's going to be a game played the first weekend of February. Those are the Dignity Health Sports Parks. And then you would expect that the Galaxy go out and probably play anywhere between three and four games, I'm guessing, 
over a two-week period um, to sort of get ready for the end of that. And that's weeks two and three, basically, of February. So middle of February is sort of where that, that And this tournament up. would be, you know, DC United would fly home immediately to play their opener. Galaxy would come back. This is the way, this tournament is the way that we're going to end their preseason camp. Yeah, and uh, and so we will we will watch that. We'll give you updates. None of this is officially official yet, um, but it is. It does look like it's headed in that direction. It's unofficially official. <laughs> it, it it is absolutely. And and as we said, DC United and some of the other. I know RSL plays down in so- Southern California a lot of times. So again, there's a lot of teams. Toronto, I think, is usually around. Almost right? always. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, it'd be interesting to see if they come with now with Bob Bradley. I mean, I, I know the team makes those decisions, but the coach is very influential in that. Yeah, and whether Bob Bradley would not come back and traveling across the border right now might might be difficult as well. So anyway, that's where we're uh, we're sort of at with that. So we know that the preseason, we know when that starts. Uh, we know that the LA Galaxy will be playing two games at Dignity Health Sports Park. Remember, you heard that here first. So whenever somebody else tries to claim that you, they said it first, you know where you heard it. Um, so that's happening at Dignity Health Sports Park, those two games. And then there's going to be that preseason tournament. Don't have any information on it. Don't know if season ticket members are going to get tickets for free to any of this stuff or you're going to have to buy tickets or if there will even be tickets for any of this stuff as we sort of go through Omicron um, and try to uh, to skate by this into the uh, start of the MLS season. I still think MLS is primed to sort of exploit the uh, the wane of the coronavirus, right? And it sort of was last year as well, which is they're not playing through the winter, which is generally the strongest time for the coronavirus. These, I mean, you can say it's lucky and it is lucky in terms of just how the, the virus acts, but we know that there are peaks in the winter and we know that there are lulls technically in that summertime and the, and the Galaxy and MLS play through that summertime. So MLS primed again in a World Cup year. We're in 2022, Kevin. It's a World Cup year yeah. happening almost, you know, uh, 10 months, 11 months from now, <laughs> whatever. You know, neither one of you, I, I don't think you have. I know I haven't uh, I've talked to players about whether or not the Chargers will be back. They got to be back. I imagine. With the are. way these numbers are going, at least at the beginning of the season, I mean, I, I don't, I can't see MLS putting their players on, on uh, commercial flights. I mean, look what's going on in the NFL and NBA, and they all fly charters, and they've got guys out all over the place. Um, so I think it, we, we're looking at another season of charter flights, which is the way it should be. I mean, that's, these are professional athletes. By the way, I've been seeing names uh, on Twitter for this preseason tournament, and I think the most popular so far is Golchella. Uh, Golchella. Oh, that's is, good. Yeah, I know. I think. I think that's. I think that's where it goes. I don't think you need to search I, that. I've seen some other ones. There's some other good ones. Uh, stage goal was the other one. Stage goal. Uh, so goal, goal for me, I think is, is the, is the answer to that. So, um, that's sort of where we're sitting on those. So that's what you have now, Kevin, we've talked about it. Um, the LA galaxy roster and let's go to, uh, to people Gonzalez real quick, because I know we sort of talked about that. We wanted to talk about some other things, but I think it goes into talking about this before I tell you what else you can sort of expect from this week from the LA galaxy. Uh, but there were rumors that sort of started to come out and eventually the, uh, the official Instagram of Ala Valencia, uh, in Costa Rica announced that people Gonzalez was returning in 2022 and basically that his contract was up with the LA galaxy, uh, and that he would be coming and joining Ala Valencia on a permanent move. So this is a permanent deal. I'm told it's a permanent deal. I'm told people Gonzalez is no longer with the LA galaxy. Um, the mechanism of that, however, Kevin is unclear to me because we know that people Gonzalez had a 2022 contract, right? So did the LA galaxy buy that contract out? If they did, that means that's the only one they're allowed to buy out this year, but maybe that's fine. And they're a whole scheme of things. They don't need to buy out another one. So they bought that out. And now people Gonzalez has his contract terminated. Basically he can go wherever he wants. Um, that's not usually how that works, by the way. Usually you buy out the contract and MLS then makes a deal for with that, you know, for that player in terms of where he's going to go. Um, so I don't know the exact mechanism by which it happened, but I will tell you that it has happened. Um, the LA Galaxy and and People Gonzalez are no more. Uh, they're not an item anymore, Kevin. They've split. They've gone there. The, the mutual uncoupling has been completed. Um, and so we don't know if the LA Galaxy got money, which I would find very hard to believe uh, if they had to pay money, which wouldn't have surprised me at all. Um, but bottom line is that the LA Galaxy and People Gonzalez have gone their separate ways, which clears up, uh, you know, about $850,000 off the salary cap. Um, I say that, but last year his salary was also off the books. They didn't have any hit to the salary cap last year, uh, talking with some, so really it's not gaining $850,000, but it is in some ways. Well, it is. And, and we saw what happened. I mean, they basically gave Dan Starris away to Houston for free to get his contract off the books. It, it, you know, yes, it doesn't count against salary cap, but it's money that Dan Beckerman has to write a check for, 
that he could be writing checks for other things, like for this show, for example. <laughs> if he wanted to. I don't, um, is he going to pop into the super <laughs> chat? Hey, Dan, if you're there, drop us a super yeah, chat. Yeah, please. Um, so it's, you know, even if they had to pay half of that, say they pay 400,000, uh, they still got $400,000 back into Dan Beckerman's pocket that he can use elsewhere. So um, it, it's a good deal all the way around. The other thing I was possibly thinking of, and, and I don't think anyone knows the mechanisms. It's so opaque the way MLS works. Perhaps the loan was up. And in renegotiating a continuation of that loan, another team stepped in and said, we'd like to have this guy. And then, uh, uh, you know, the Costa Rican club was sort of motivated to make a deal. Maybe that was part of the mechanism. But but clearly something changed between this year and last year because last year was just a loan. And this year they wanted him permanently. Yeah. Well, I mean, last year, I think that was the best that they could sort of do with team finances. And so that's why to me, it feels like that the galaxy ended up paying some money for some of this somehow um, to sort of happen. Cameron says the galaxy get an international slot back as well. Yes. And no, again, he was on loan last year. So technically the galaxy were already using that international slot. We didn't expect him to be here this year, but currently as it stands, if we don't count Carlos Harvey, which I've heard he got a green card and I've been trying to confirm that and still haven't been able to. So we will eventually know the answer to that. Um, but right now, the LA Galaxy sit with seven international slots. So they have one available, and we expect that Carlos Harvey one uh, makes it two. So the LA Galaxy will have two international slots to play with. Um, and so we will we will see sort of what the LA Galaxy can do with that. But I wanted to talk about People Gonzalez being gone, Kevin, because it brings us to another something that you can expect this week. Um, and again, first time breaking news here. Uh, the LA Galaxy are expecting to sign two players and two new players this week. Um, those deals are expected to be announced. I do not know who they are. I do not know where they're coming from. I will say there's a good chance they speak French, though. At least one of them. <laughs> I mean, if you're rolling your if you're if you're rolling uh, the dice, and we'll get to a little bit uh, later uh, with Jerome Miri. And if you don't know who Jerome Miri is, we're going to talk a little bit about him uh, this time. But uh, he was near Dignity Health Sports Park. I have some video of that I can show as well. But he was uh, inside. Apparently, he was. He was. He was getting the tour. But I mean, he has a lot of guys who are on the LA Galaxy team to go visit. So that could also be it. Yeah. But, uh, the LA Galaxy will announce. Two Two new players this week. Uh, I've heard those deals are finalized. It is not a designated player. So you're not getting a designated player announcement, but you are going to get two players. And these are not, from what I was told, re-signings. So you're getting two new players added to the roster this week. There could be more as there are more deals close to being finalized. But as of right now, we're at two um, this week. So if you were expecting uh, uh, it to be a, a nice calm week, Kevin, there will be, there will be more, uh, announcements and additions well, to the, and to the there's, there's, there's less than two weeks to opening of camp. And a, a couple of things about that. One is if you remember last year, I know the end of the season was the bad part of the season, but Greg talked, Greg Vanny talked a lot about, look, we're bringing guys together. I think they brought 12 players, maybe 14 players in after training camp last year. And it took a long time to get everybody integrated. And I know it was the end of the season that cost them the playoff berth. So it's the argument kind of goes backwards. Greg's argument that it took us a while to get everybody on the same page. You know what? The Galaxy have to get these new players, whoever it is, and they have one designated player spot open that we'll talk about. They need to get those players in now. They do not want to be in the middle of the season with guys wearing name tags because they don't know each other. Now is the time to do that. There's no excuse about, look, Greg got here in December last year. He was getting his feet wet. He didn't know what was going on. No, he's the guy in charge. He's the coach. He had the team last year. He knows where the holes are. I was told by Chris Klein going in the offseason that they had one or two additions that they wanted to make. These are two players. Right. We'll see who they are. I think what, when, what Chris was talking about, it was – major additions like yeah. game changing players. I, I don't feel I don't feel like we're getting into that. I just in my talks, I don't know that we're getting any like major announcements, but I would expect that they could be decent middle of the road, possibly well, a starter announcements. And, and it's the uh the, the European transfer when it was just open. The timing is interesting and and you were talking about Miri. Um what makes him interesting is he is tied to every French player the Galaxy have signed in recent times. Traore, uh, Alessandrini, Michael Ciani, you know, and then all the new players. This guy, this agent, is apparently the one that Jovan is working with. He's sounds like the only one since every player they signed is tied to this guy. There's some sort of conduit. There's some sort of relationship um, that they have. And so the fact that he is in town right before the Galaxy say they're going to announce two signings, Hey, you know, we don't know who here, here are his, uh, his social media photos. Um, we don't know who it's, who it's going to be, but we do know that he's in town and that the Galaxy are about to announce two signings and the European transfer window is just open. So, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot to work with there. 
Yeah, it, there is. I would also say that most of the French signings that happen in Major League Soccer have something to do with Jerome Miri and, and just how he goes. So, I mean, he they, there's the player representation side. So he is the the agent or his company is the agent for uh, current LA Galaxy players. I think um, I think that uh, Grant Sear is on there um, and uh, maybe also... Um, so some others as well, but there's also the transactions um, and basically uh, like the middleman, Kevin, we need to talk about this is doesn't get talked about enough, but on the international side of things, if you're trying to come to MLS, a lot of times they work with somebody in the middle who is able to facilitate and talk with agents in France and agents in, in the United States. And they're able to talk MLS talk, right? Because you need to have a certain skill set and a knowledge of MLS. And so a lot of times they are the middleman that gets involved in order to make transfers happen um, from France, from Europe over to MLS. So there's that side of things too. And you can go into, you know, Grand Sear, Cabral, Triori. Um, I think uh, Ravellison is also on that list right now as well. So, I mean, you could go in and say that there is Jerome Murray holds a lot of sway in Major League Soccer. Greg Vanny used him in Toronto. Uh, the Galaxy have used him exclusively, it feels like. The track record with the LA Galaxy and, and getting some French players, whenever you go back and actually look at some of these with Siani and Diop and some others um, sort of along this, uh, Didi Traore as well, um, not the best, right? And so there's there seems to be a, a reliance in MLS on these middlemen and trying to do this. And Jerome Murray is probably one of the big biggest, uh, certainly the most well-known. And so him being at Dignity Health Sports Park is uh, a little bit of a light bulb on some some different things. So it, it's it's one of those. You sort of sit there and say, there's something that needs to be watched, I think, a lot more closely than has been. And it's sort of been played off in the background. But there seems to be, certainly from the LA Galaxy, uh, from what I've seen, a reliance on Jerome Miri. And I don't know that that's always a good thing. Um, I know that some people certainly have raised questions about it in, in the past. So Anyway, uh, that's sort of sort of one of those things to keep an eye on, Kevin. Don't you think this is this is one of those those interesting things that doesn't get talked about a lot in Major League Soccer right now? Right, and we, and in addition, in talking about the um, uh, roster additions, we don't know who these players are. What, uh, the Galaxy are talking about is this at you know they're not like minor additions; they're 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 real players. Um, the Galaxy have a lot to work with. The figure you told me earlier is about five million dollars they've cleared in salary, not, you know, just in the trades that they've made and, and some of the allocation money they picked up guys that they let go. Remember Sebastian LeJet walked away. He was worth about a million dollars in salary. Dan service was over 300,000. Um, uh, people was around a million. Uh, Dos Santos was 2 million and a designated player spot. The galaxy have a lot of resources, both in terms of financially and in, in roster spots with the DP spot being opened up and, and a couple of international spots, uh, spots available as well. Yeah, it, it is. I have the current LA Galaxy roster at 21 players. That includes Sasha Kleshin, who re-signed with the Galaxy, so he's on there. Um, I have at seven international slots currently taken up, but we've spent, again, Carlos Harvey, we're expected that he gets a green card, and that goes to six uh, for the LA Galaxy, so two available, and that doesn't count if you go out and buy some more. So um, you're looking at that. And, and by the way, I want to point out, because the chat room's talking about it, uh, is that I said a new a new players. Whenever I said these weren't re-signings, these are new players, and I was told, yes, they're new players. So I don't know if there's some technicality, like they played for the Galaxy at one point, and then they're coming back after being gone for you know 12 years. I have no idea. I, I just, whenever I heard new players, at least to me, that meant that these are players new to the LA Galaxy organization organization uh, and coming in. So uh, we can sort of take a look at that. But Kevin, to back you up and sort of what you were talking about, I now have the total number of funds released. So from base salary, the LA Galaxy have cleared $5.88 million in base salary, and they've cleared over $6 million in guaranteed salary with the players that they have allowed to go um, and, and traded and done all that stuff. Now, most of that comes from obviously just getting the salary off the books. So, you know, if you're saying to the galaxy that you are going to spend Kevin, that the galaxy are always going to spend more money than they spent the year before, which is usually correct. Uh, also under Greg Vanny. I yeah. mean, he, yeah, he, he, li he likes to, uh, he likes to spend money. We know that we like saw it in Toronto. Sailor. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, also, I would say that with Lywicki up in MLSE, whenever he was there as well, that was another guy who thought that there was value in spending a lot of money and winning, right? And so he doesn't, you know, uh, Lywicki, whenever he was with the Galaxy, was was so involved. And I think that's something that 
people miss and, and don't understand as much as maybe they should. But during those those good years, Tim Laiwiki was a driving force from the AEG presidency, right? He was in there. He was trying to make deals. He was trying to make the LA Galaxy better. He was not a guy who sat on the sidelines. And if you have a guy who doesn't know what they're doing, Kevin, then that can be a problem, right? You have a guy who's meddling sort of from the president's spot and they're not letting the GM do things. But like Wiki was so good at what he did. I mean, he was one of the reasons David Beckham was, you know, came over well, and, and well, when, I had a chance to talk to Tim, Tim Laiwiki. God, I don't know how long it was, whenever the anniversary of the Beckham thing was. And we and he talked about how that was a planned thing where they were going to bring Beckham in. And Beckham was a midfielder. He wasn't a game changer. You needed a, a, a scorer. They, they knew they had to go out and get Robbie Keane. There was all sort of this process that Laiwiki had put together. Because remember, you know, he started that with Alexi Lawless being the GM and he had different coaching staff. And then Bruce came in and it finished, that whole process finished under Bruce. And I know that Bruce and Laiwiki seem to have a very good relationship, working relationship. Bruce would say, yeah, this guy is someone we can add to the team. No, we don't want this guy. I think that fell apart when why, uh, when Tim uh, Laiwiki left because we know the coaching staff did not want Steven Gerrard. They did not want Jonathan Dos Santos. They did not want, uh, you know, some of these players that they were almost – forced to take and so just having an active uh, ownership in an after front office doesn't necessarily make it good they have to have some ideas and they have to work with the coaching staff and put together a team that's going to mesh on the field yeah. so like wiki was in addition to being very active he was also very smart and he knew what he was doing yeah and and is not afraid to he's confident very confident what he's doing and, and you sort of get that um you know syllogy in the in the chat room says um let's not pretend he didn't make mistakes he absolutely did Lewicki oh, did absolutely yeah but, that's but why he's he not was, here anymore but he was ambitious and he didn't hide from the fans i mean here, here's my take on things i think and having been around now for this is 14 seasons for me covering the la galaxy so you know next year will be 15 seasons which is way too long um if it, knowing this is that talking to people who are confident in their jobs, um, they want to talk to you. They want to explain to you. They want to show you how it works. Right. And, and for us, Kevin, a lot of times that communication is, is sort of rooted in the confidence the person has in their ability because they don't want to hide from us and do stuff. And the, the people who weren't confident in what they did, I can tell you that they, they built up walls and they hid and they didn't want to talk and they didn't want to do things. And that to me is, is now the, the key calling card for me to say, if somebody's confident what they're doing, then they all of a sudden they're in front of the press and they want to talk about it all the time. Well, there's two, there's two ways to look at that. And I'll give two examples. I'll name names with Bob Bradley. I think Bob Bradley is an amazing coach and he coaches. He's energetic. He's, he's got ideas. He's a big personality. Um, but when you challenge Bob in, in a news conference or any kind of sitting, the, the pushback you get is you're too stupid to understand this. I'm not going to explain it to you. You're hopeless. I don't need to explain this to you. I'm the coach. Uh, you look at Greg Burrell with U.S. national team. I've seen him with dozens of writers who ask a question that Greg thinks you don't understand what I'm trying to do. And Greg will pull them aside and try to explain it to him. It doesn't always work. Right. They don't always agree with Greg. But the point is he's so confident that he believes – if I can just explain this to you, you'll see that I'm right. Whereas, you know, Bob Bradley, on the other hand, was, I haven't got time for this. You guys are too stupid to ever get this. Um, it's I, just I guess, a I different guess, approach. I guess you can be overconfident. Like, I would consider Bob Bradley a very confident coach. He has a plan. He knows yeah. what he's doing and that type of thing. But he didn't want to spend that time to sort of discuss that. And I think that there comes... Listen, Bruce was very confident. And a lot of times, he didn't want to explain things. But that was a game for him, and he enjoyed it. So I can also understand that. But Bruce didn't hide from the media either. He would be out there being like, yeah, come on, ask me questions, and I will tell you why you guys are idiots. And by the way, He's talking to soccer writers. There's a good chance there are idiots among us. Yeah, right? we are. Idiots. Yes, yeah. I know. Absolutely. Um, but it, this is this is one of those things that that you can sort of see um, and what you want to see. I, you know, I think the LA Galaxy where they're at right now is they're going to make these signings and then all of a sudden they're going to come out of their winter cocoon um, and they're going to think they're this beautiful butterfly. But the bottom line is that they have been radio silent now since the end of the season. Uh, we got no end of season interviews. We got no discussions. That, we always get the it, 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 they're called exit interviews. Number of players, the coaching staff, general manager, they all anyone that we ask for basically says, "Here's what happened with the season. Here's why we won or didn't win, and here's what we're going to do next year." And they sort of stand there and, and take the punches or the praise, depending on how the season went. It's happened every single year. Yeah, and and for the most part, you know, again, it didn't it didn't happen. We know we didn't have that. There's also been no announcement of what the actual structure of what the LA Galaxy are trying to do in terms of who's in charge, who's making decisions. Now. We know 
what that is. We know how that's put into place, but they haven't come out and said that in any sort of public forum. Kevin, you and I are, we're, I, we had to ask. I mean, that's the only reason that we know, right? And so um, there's a lot of things in this that tell me that they are being very insulated, right? They're, they're trying to cut themselves off. They're trying to be calm. They're trying to be, I, there was a time with the LA Galaxy where they tried to control the message too much, Kevin, and it doesn't work well when you do that, especially when you're not playing well. Um, and so I feel like this is some of that again. Um, not from everybody, certainly, but I feel like there's this, I, I mean, I was talking on Twitter and somebody was saying, well, why, why should we trust this front office? And it's like, no, 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 there's, there's, you shouldn't, yes, I, you shouldn't. they don't have a track record to prove that at all. So yeah. I can't tell you that you should. Um, and so these, you know, these are the things that they sort of have to work themselves through. And I think Greg Vanny is an enough is enough of an adult in the room to know what he wants to do and can be that confident voice that the LA Galaxy sort of can lean on. And we, I th- I expect that he's going to take front and center stage in terms of all the player movements and all these things. That's what I'm expecting, but we haven't seen that yet. Well, we know that the front office got way too involved with Kurt Anafo's team, um, and, and Kurt never really had a chance. You know, he was given a team of players that weren't really ready to play. Uh, you know, we didn't, that team didn't even have a right back when uh, they traded AJ Delgarson and Robbie Rogers was hurt. Um, so uh, the, the front office meddled too much in, in that team. And then we saw them, we know they got in the way of Ziggy Schmidt. I don't know what happened with Guillermo. I, I would assume that Dennis was the one the front office did not give a lot of leeway to. The point is coaches and general managers have come in with ideas. And I think they've been frustrated by, by the front office, either uh, by omission or by commission. And either they they actively worked against the general manager or they just didn't work with them. And and some of those visions were not followed through on. Greg Vanny is the guy that needs to break that cycle. Here's a guy who's ambitious, successful, has the history. He's walked the walk and talked the talk. Uh, if I'm the Galaxy right now, seven seasons without an NMLS Cup final, longest drought in, in franchise history, and Greg Vanny with his track record says, I want this. I think the front office has to go out and get it, especially now they have $6 million to spend. If not, why bring Greg Vanny in? Why not just bring in another you know, uh, coach that they can push around a little bit if that's the MO? I, I'm hoping that Greg Vanny gets carte blanche to do what he wants because yeah. he has the track record that shows that he'll be successful if he does. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, and that's sort of the thing. But this is an experiment. I mean, I was I was on this, the, this Nashville uh, podcast and they were asking, you know, so what do you expect of the LA Galaxy this year? Do you expect them to rebound? And I was like, can, can you say rebound? Can you, can you talk about that? Is I, I can see it going one of two ways, but neither of those, I mean, I, I can't be confident in any of that. I think, and I've said this before that if the LA galaxy come back with the core that they have, Kevin, and so they have a core, um, that core is now a year older and they're playing together with these, with each other for, you know, the, the prior year that should make them better just because they've grown together over the last, you know, 12 months, right? That should be more familiarity, more understanding what Greg Vanny wants, more understanding of the system, all of those things should, you know, the French players are more comfortable in the United States. All of these things sort of, you know, come together to say that the LA Galaxy just by that nature should be better this year, even with like, let's say a third of the roster not there right now and no designated player. But then it really comes up to how they're going to replace the players that, um, you know, in that, in that those depth positions and how the, you know, do you find a left back um, that can work? Can you find a defensive unit that works for you? Do you find a midfield that um, can be stout through the middle and can still be creative and playmaking all these things? I mean, there's some huge questions that need to be answered that popped up last year. And so far with no signings um, and certainly two coming. So we'll see that this year so far, there's been no answers to any of those questions. So, I mean, I don't know how a galaxy fan could sit here and say, 2022 is going to be our year right now. Well, there's no way to, to make that decision. Well, depth is a big issue and, and that's understandable because they haven't filled up the roster yet, but I, I haven't heard if Victor Vasquez is coming back. Um, I know we've all talked about that and thought that that was going to happen. So I haven't heard about Victor Vasquez. Another thing, I think this galaxy team needs to make a deep run into the playoffs. It doesn't have to win supporter shield. They don't have to win MLS cup, but it, it can't be a, a get to the playoffs and one and done. They need to, advance to the playoffs making the playoffs may be harder this year why well nashville's coming over you know they're a very good team they're gonna be in the western conference real salt lake now has a new permanent coach and a lot of momentum uh and belief and confidence coming off last season i think sporting kansas city is probably still going to be good seattle is going to be very good portland again the same thing a very good run last year coming back very confident 
I think the top end of this Western Conference is going to be very hard to get into. You can look at five teams, Colorado again, um, on the verge of something really big, apparently. I think you can look at five teams and say those five teams may be unmovable and, and everyone else may be looking for, you know, six, seven uh, you know, finishing in the middle of the pack and trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be surprises. There's always surprises, and there's always a team that you think is going to do really well that doesn't do very good, and there's always a team that you thought was going to do really poorly, and they do a lot better. Um, so you have to sort of expect those surprises, but if the Galaxy are in the meat of the Western Conference, which there's a lot of meat and and very few, like, really good teams, right? I think Seattle's a good team. I think Sporting Kansas City's a good team. I think Colorado's a good team. I think Nashville's probably the fourth a team. A very good team. Right? I and think so you get those four... But one of those isn't going to be as good as we think they are. So one of those is going to slip. So there's three. Okay, that's my guess. One. So there's three up there. Did the Galaxy rise and take over that fifth and fourth spot, which they were in most of the season last year? Um, or are they stuck in the middle of that, you know, sort of bloated middle of the Western Conference where the teams aren't very good, but they're also not horrible either. And they're going to take points from each other and they're going to screw things up. And there's going to be, you know, a four-way tie with 48 points. And one of those, you know, three of those teams aren't going to make it. And one of them will. Maybe there'll be a bad call in, in the final mm-hmm. minutes of stoppage time in the penalty box. No, no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't, th- I don't think that'll ever happen. I, I, I failed to see that happening. Um, anyway, so that's, that's sort of where you're sitting here with this LA Galaxy team, but it's Greg Vanny's. And I think that Chris Klein is going to be very smart with this, Kevin, and push Greg Vanny out in front of everybody. And, you know, if the train is going to hit somebody, it's going to hit Greg, Greg Vanny first um, in, in all this stuff. And it is his team ultimately. And I think that them, him, him getting the technical decisions makes this his team, which also makes this, you know, his responsibility. Um, well, and, and it's a contract year for some people. We understand Chris Klein and Dan Beckerman both are in contract years. Um, by the way, Larry Morgan should be joining the program at any minute now. Oh, well, following I'm, the Steelers' 26-14 win over the hapless Cleveland hapl- Browns. Cleveland Browns, yeah, I was going to say. Uh, Larry gets his heart Larry, broken Larry's a lot Morgan by, team, the, yep. by the Cleveland Browns, but that's good. Um, let's go on a little bit more here, and we can we can pick up on some of these uh, different topics as well. Uh, the LA Galaxy announced today that they had to deal with the city of Torrance to, to actually take over and save a soccer complex in Torrance. This was super interesting. Um, just in terms of the deals that got made and how it's going. One of the reasons this is interesting is that the Judicial Council of California actually owned this property because the court system is is apparently uh, a joint, a, adjacent to the uh, to the soccer complex. And so the the JCC was in control of this particular piece of property. And then they had a $1 a year lease with the city of Torrance. And basically what happened was the JCC said, well, under California, California laws, we can't give you a dollar lease for a year because it's not market value. So technically it's like taxpayer money is going to this and we'd have to justify that. We can't. Um, and so we have to do it at market value of some sort. And so what happened was all of a sudden their $1 per year, um, lease that they had going on with a very successful, very large six acre complex sports complex that was there that housed a whole bunch of the teams. I think I read somewhere like 28 teams use this sort of as a home base in the city of Torrance, which is only about 10 minutes, I think from, from uh, dignity Hill sports park. So all these things were, were in there. Um, and so all of a sudden they were like, well, we're going to have to charge you like $30,000 a month. So it went from $1 a year to $30,000 a month. And the city of Torrance is like, we don't have the budget for that, the whole deal. And so uh, eventually there was enough uproar, Kevin, um, from the local community that it got the attention of the LA Galaxy, which is, is kind of cool. Um, I, this is a tip of the hat because I think stuff like this is is pretty pretty cool just in terms of how, how you get everything done um, and how this saves. But basically the, the LA galaxy are going to go in and start paying that, that monthly fee um, to the JCC. And it's about $20,000 a month. Um, and be, and, and to do that, and the reason they're going to do that, one is they get to rename the, the complex. So that's going to be the LA Galaxy Soccer Complex, which is kind of cool. It's right next to the Connecta uh, Soccer Center, which is uh, powered by the LA Galaxy as well. So there's all this tie-in, local tie-in. They're going to pay $20,000 a month. They're actually going to get to use <coughs> the fields too, Kevin. Um, and they're going to use them like they get them Monday through Friday, like from 8 to 10 p.m. or something like that on Friday through Sunday in these p.m. hours. Um, and they're doing all that at times when the fields weren't currently in use. So they're quote unquote, getting to use the facilities whenever it happens. I heard even LA galaxy two, uh, will hold some tryouts at the soccer complex, right? So it won't be at the track and field stadium, that type of thing. So I don't know, 
this is it's it's a it's a big dollar value whenever you figure out yeah, you know it's a quarter million dollars and and every now year. That, now that you say that that's where that's that was the impetus for the people deal yeah i'm sure they they need they to got get four years of that uh, by the way you know why we're handing out um um plaudits to the galaxy they did something similar uh wasn't didn't they do that with the toyota center over um in el segundo there's a little soccer complex there that i believe in december that they got financially involved with, uh, you know, another youth a soccer facility that was in danger of shutting down. Well, I mean, this is this is something you look at twenty thousand dollars a month, roughly. It goes runs till twenty twenty eight. So this is not a small amount of money that the LA Galaxy are dedicating to this. And um, I think this ties them into one with the local community, which is good. But also, this gives them a place to to host these these very well put together large fields. The city of Torrance said that they would actually upgrade the turf and do some other things. But uh, there's a Daily Breeze article if you're really interested in this um, and. You know, it was one of those things where I got told about it and then I'm like, well, that's not very interesting. And then I read the story in the Daily Breeze uh, and I was like, OK, no, 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 that is that is interesting. I will. I will read that. Uh, Christy Hutchings, by the way, uh, was the reporter who covered it for the Daily Breeze. Um, and so if you go look that up, you can read that article. And I think you can read one for free just in case everybody's like, there's a paywall. They just go. You can get like one for free and then you have to pay. for he, he, Let's not talk about the paywall. Are we supposed to do this for free? I know we do this for free, but am I supposed to do that for free? For the too? LA Times? Hey, I've subscribed to the LA Times. I You're the I pay one. your You're salary. You're welcome. You're the one. Yeah, thank uh, you. That, do, do, do people ever so, yell that at you? I pay your salary because they subscribe. No. And you, no? Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. I, I don't think they they believe I have a salary, which is probably, you know, good. So Damien Calhoun did not write that story in the Daily Post. No, it, because I think it was the city council reporter that got it because all this stuff is public record, right? Okay. Um, there is something interesting, though, and I didn't know if you knew this. Um, Unlikely. Yeah. I, so uh, there, here's a quote. Uh, it's really close to the Galaxy community, and a lot of our fans are based in Torrance, said Tom Braun, Galaxy's vice president of business operations. Have you ever heard that name before? I have not. Okay, I don't. I didn't know if it was just me. I'm like, was I? Have I not been paying attention? Uh, he goes on and say it's 10 minutes from our stadium, so it's our backyard. It's important for us to keep the field alive. Braun added, and to have the field available to others so they can play on it. So, um, there you go. There's there's a new name that we have. So Tom uh, Tom Braun is what was that? What it was? I want to get it right. To, yeah, Tom Braun, Galaxy's vice president of business operations. In the article, he doesn't say it's going to be named the LA Galaxy Soccer Complex, but that is indeed what it will be for the press release. And there will be a ribbon cutting in April for that as well. So, well, and, and we know that Cameron Dunbar is the first player from Carson to play for the galaxy. Correct. Uh-huh. I'm waiting for the first player to come from that complex. That'll be a great story. See, there you go. And you're going to get a player out of there at some point, right? Absolutely. I think so. I grew up playing at the LA galaxy soccer complex and I always wanted to play. For, I mean, it writes itself really. I mean, I don't even That's know why you the, have a job. I, I anybody the, yeah. can write that article. I, I think the media game is going to be there this year. <laughs> they, they put us as far away from the center field as possible. That's right. right. It, we don't, we, we haven't done a media game. We should press them to let us play. We should not. Yeah, I think we should. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see Kevin blow an ACL no, out there. And Panda and, is not going to play. It's, I heard you were a good athlete, Kevin. I'm. I'm waiting to oh, see I, it. I'm a good athlete. I'm just not a good soccer player. Didn't you break both? Played, didn't you break both Dodgers of your ankles? Game. Didn't you break both I, of your no, ankles? No, both feet. Oh, both, both feet. Both right. feet. That was in January. Okay, just that, that was last year. That was last year. <laughs> forever ago. Um, One other item of note so far, uh, tickets for the LA Galaxy versus LAFC game will go on sale this week. This is the April 9th game, the first El Trafico. Yeah, at At Dignity Dignity. Health Sports Park. This is the first El Trafico of 2022. It comes just six games into the regular season for the LA Galaxy. This one uh, broadcast on Fox and Fox Deportes at 4.30 p.m. So that's when it's going to kick off. Um, But this is the El Trafico game, the first one, six games in. So neither of these teams are going to have be very settled really whenever they go and play this game i always wonder if that is a a good thing or a bad thing i i don't know i can always find basically complain about any time these two teams play that like oh well it's right in the middle of a bunch of busy games oh well it's too early in the season i i never really find a happy place to sort of be so well what's the date of that april what april 9th Probably not going to be impacted by the FIFA window, right? That'll be over by then. We'll have closed. I think so. And let me, if I bring up the, uh, the schedule, like a smart person should have already had their, uh, their LA galaxy schedule up. But I, I feel like I'm just too smart for that now. Um, so I don't actually need to do any like research. Why would we do that? Um, I just want to see sort of what it looks like. It's the April 9th game. Um, the first game kicks off against New York city and then they go away to Charlotte 
And if it ever loads, there we go. Um, then it's away to Seattle, 312, 319. It's LA Galaxy versus Orlando. Um, and then you have April starts out on 4-3 and in Portland. Uh, the Galaxy will go uh, April 3rd up to Portland. And then six days later, they will play LAFC at home at Dignity Health Sports Park. By the way, speaking of LAFC, you were absolutely right last night to call me and congratulate me. I had Steve Chirundolo as the new coach months ago. Oh, good job. You did. You did. And and I was saying, you know, I, I was in a chat and I said, Panda called it a long time ago um, that it was going to be Steve Chirundolo. And I did not believe that. So you 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 nailed that one. Good job. Um, I don't know what that does for the rivalry. I it feel I feels I feel like it throws cold water on it a little bit. I don't yeah, think there's a real interesting story there. Um, but. No, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's just it's going to be a different LAFC team. That game may be the only Trafico this year with Carlos Vela. I it, I don't think he stays through the are, summer transfer are, window. Are we going to play that game again where Chicharito and Carlos Vela will be teaming up <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then neither of them More, play? That's right. Yeah, okay. exactly. All right. Good. Jonathan Dos Santos will not play in this game. Um, yeah, that that we can. Well, I mean, can we be sure of it? We're mad. Well, he he's already signed. With Maybe Carlos. he gets loaned out. Maybe he gets oh, loaned out. I don't. We didn't. We didn't. I don't know that we talked about that either. But Jonathan Dos Santos did officially sign with uh, with Club America and Liga MX. Well, so. And he comes back on loan, and then Gio comes back, and he's loaned to, to the LAFC, game. and the brothers play each other. Wow, what a what a story that would. I would definitely not go to that game. Uh, Cuevas' departure. Here's something that also happened during the break that I just want to touch on. Uh, Mauricio Cuevas, who of course was down with LA Galaxy two. Uh, a lot of early season talk last year. If we remember preseason, he played in some preseason games, and there was a lot of talk about him being signed to a first team contract, Kevin. Uh, we know that uh, the LA Galaxy after the season uh, had 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 let his contract expire. Basically, the guy did not play all of 2021, um, didn't play for LA Galaxy 2. And the rumor was, and certainly with Dennis coming on the show and sort of uh, walking us down this path is the LA Galaxy offered him a contract. He said no, that he wanted to go to Europe. And then the LA Galaxy said, well, if that's the case and there's nothing we can do to convince you that we want to sign a contract, then we are not going to go ahead and spend any more of our time developing you with LA Galaxy 2 when we could develop players who want to stay here and play for us. And so basically they sat him on the bench, not even on the bench. He was not part of the team for the remainder of the year. Uh, he was seen at a lot of LA Galaxy 2 games sitting in the stands, uh, but this is a guy who was uh, a very hot prospect for the Galaxy, a, a dead ball sort of magician, so he was very good at that. Uh, seemed to have a lot of upside, and uh, I was in a little bit of a discussion with somebody about this, but I said Mauricio Cuevas would have been playing at the MLS level last year if he would have signed with the LA Galaxy because we remember with Viafania going down, it's unlikely that the LA Galaxy go out and get a left back like Nico Hamelainen if they have somebody like Cuevas, who at least they can try to, um, Cuevas and Danilo Acosta, in that position, try to sort of work into that. There would have been minutes for him to play, um, but he decided he didn't didn't want to do that um, for whatever reason, and his agent and him decided, and so the rumor now is that at 18, uh, he will be headed to Club Bruges in Belgium. Um, having said that, he will not be with their first team. It looks like he's going to be with the, their developmental or second-level team, um, at least to start out with, and if he does well, then he will sort of go up and, and play that. So uh, it feels lateral to me, Kevin, but uh, I wish him all the best. This could be the start where he you know, really fights for his spot and ends up playing in Belgium. Well, yeah, you were talking about why Belgium if he's going to be on the second team, and 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 the only thing I can think of is he must really like waffles. <laughs> that's it. That's a, that was yeah, uh, expert analysis. Is is waffles? Waffles. I, waffles are delicious. I will. I will give you yeah. that. I don't know. Um, you know, he is obviously he has an agent who has a history of this particular thing and not a good track record with players. Whenever you look at Yanez and some others um, that have gone off and not signed with the LA Galaxy, I mean, again, you're talking about a guy who basically turned down first team minutes. He may have not have known that they were first team minutes, but he turned down first team minutes. Um, and the LA Galaxy were very interested in keeping him, and for whatever reason, that was not the way that he wanted to go. So, um, this could be a huge positive for him, but understand that he missed a whole year, Kevin of playing and uh, talking to people around the LA galaxy and sort of around the organization, certainly missing a year when you're 17, 18 years old is like missing 10 years of development. Um, super important. And now he's going to go off and, and we'll see. We'll see where he goes. Um, by the way, people ask this all the time and, and we're talking about Giannis and, and Ulianis. Uh, I will say that people are like, oh, well he, can he come back to the galaxy now? Th yes, there is always the possibility that that could happen. 
I will say under the last administration there, that was not going to happen. It was, yeah. there was no possible way. Now, does that get rectified and changed with Mike Munoz, with, you know, Greg Vanny, um, you know, with Chris Klein out there? Do they go back and they find a place for Yuli Yanez? Again, we talk about missing time at a crucial point in your development. Uli Yanez also falls into that same category. So has he... Although he, he did get a, a, a couple of caps with the national team. Did, U.S. Uh, national team. Did, at, the, at the lower level? Was that the... Because it wasn't well, worth it, at the senior team, was it? Yeah, I thought he played in that game that was at the uh, um, uh, Dignity Health Sports Park, one of Greg uh, Burrow's first games. May have been, but I don't remember. So that that might... You you would have to look that one up. I don't have that one on it. Um, Aaron asks if there's any Pavone news. Uh, no, uh, there's no Pavone news, and I expect that that continues to say silent. That doesn't seem like... I don't feel like there's momentum there. And there were a lot of rumors that there were a lot of other teams interested in Kevin, you and I talked before the break, how the galaxy have sort of cooled their heels a little bit on, uh, on, on Pavone. Is that, you still yeah. feel like that's the case? Well, I was told that, um, at the beginning that, uh, or a couple of weeks ago, I mean, it changes so quickly, um, that there was some real serious interest. Um, by the way, he did play three times for the senior national team and scored one goal. Good job. Um, so um, I was told that there, there was some serious interest that the Galaxy were, were kicking the tires on the deal. They were trying to, to work something out. Um, the club in Argentina was being difficult again. They also had to worry about, you know, what happened with the lawsuit. But then uh, when I revisited that with Galaxy front office people a couple of weeks later, they were told, yeah, we're still watching it. But they it, the, the tone of the voice had changed. They were definitely not as hopeful. Uh, I, I kind of attributed that to the fact that maybe – he was drawing a lot more attention that maybe enough other clubs in other parts of the world got the idea that the lawsuit was going to be settled, that it was going to be favorable for Pavone, that he wasn't carrying that baggage anymore. He's a really good player. I mean, he should be getting a lot of interest if he didn't have that that, that other problem to worry about, the lawsuit, the rape case. Club America was a team that apparently was ready to spend a lot of money on him. So um, that's why the Galaxy all of a sudden uh, seemed to be uh, losing hope. When they were the only ones in on the deal, they thought they had a good shot. As the competition grew, obviously the price was going to go up, might get a little thick for their blood. But you know what? I, I think if, again, it's a big if, if that lawsuit is settled favorably and, and, the, and there's no baggage going forward, I think Pavone and Chicharito would be a really dynamic duo up top. Yeah, I mean, and and we never got to see that Pavone and Chicharito on the team at the same time, but with Chicharito injured most of the time, it was mostly up to Pavone, and so you didn't see that chemistry there. But the way he worked with 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 was uh, Slotan was amazing, right. and, and I he he would he played in MLS. I know he has a reputation in Argentina for being a little difficult in MLS. He was definitely a guy that was very content with assist every with minute, setting up plays every minute of every game. If you remember, uh, Christian Pavone was yeah. no. Um, the other part of that really is that I want to make this very clear to everybody is that AEG is one of the richest owners in football in the world, not just in MLS in the world. Um, if they want to pay 12 or $15 million for Christian Pavone because they feel that that's the way that they want to go, that's this is true for any player, by the way. If the Galaxy want to pay $20 million to a player, they absolutely can't afford it. AEG can't afford it. They can absolutely do it. If the Galaxy wanted to pay $50 million to a player who is a prime player in their prime, wanted to do it, wanted to pull sort of a Beckham realignment in Major League Soccer, the LA Galaxy can afford this. We hear about Atlanta United. Um, pulling out large transfer fees and spending a lot of money on players. And Cincinnati. Cincinnati even. might Let's not talk about Cincinnati because they apparently do a bad job whenever they do that. But Atlanta United has made some made some big moves and, and done, some, done some really things. If the Galaxy wanted to top that, they absolutely could. Um, I've been seeing this floating around a whole bunch of stuff too, is that it's not just about, you know, uh, Greg Vanny. It's not just about Chris Klein. It's not just about Jovan Karofsky. You know, you have to look at Dan Beckerman as president of AEG and you have to look at Phil Anschutz as well. Now, I don't know how much Phil is involved anymore. And certainly I've, I feel like his involvement has waned, even though he's usually a guy who is not heralded as the guy who's out in front of things. I mean, usually he would only show up for MLS Cups is when you would probably see Phil. But uh, being the Galaxy haven't been in any of those, Kevin, I don't know that we could say we've seen yeah. him less. Right. Um, but we know that Phil was at the stadium at some point, I think, in 2020. Um, whenever things, there was some sort of meeting, something happened that, you know, sort of to discuss some things there. So I would imagine he still has his pulse on this, but Phil Anschutz has the ability to, as with the snap of his fingers, change the complete lineup of the LA galaxy in terms of the front office and everybody that's there. So there is pressure on Dan Beckerman to get it right. As president of AEG, there is pressure on Phil Anschutz to write the ship. If Dan Beckerman is not capable of doing it. And so far, I, you know, the, the track record so far says no. 
Um, and Dan is very much Kevin. You, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but um, from what I get from him, Dan is very much a, I don't make decisions. I put smart people in positions to make the decisions for me. Does that, is that like, that seems to be the way, right? Well, that's the, that's what he wants you to believe. Um, it, it seems to me that he is the guy who is not making any decisions when the decisions are not going well. Um, when things happen great, like when Salatan was signed, who was at the press conference? Who was up on the dais? I believe Dan Beckerman was there. He was definitely at the press conference. I believe he was one of the people who spoke. The same with Chicharito. So he wants to take credit when things go well, but he doesn't want to be the guy uh, – you know, out in front when things are not going well. He doesn't want to explain why things didn't go well, but he wants to take credit for things that do go well. He was very big about explaining how he could spend as much money as he wanted if there was value out there. Right. And then when the value didn't work, all of a sudden he was not around to answer those questions. But one of the things to remember with Dan Beckerman is there's, uh, you know, one of the things that led to like Wiki having to leave, my understanding was it wasn't the performance of the Galaxy because they were still doing very well. It was the football stadium, the NFL stadium deal, not working. Right. Um, and AEG has spent a lot of money and political capital on that. And it didn't work out. And and that was sort of what led him to have to move on. Um, so it, Dan Beckerman is not going to rise and fall. His, his contracts are not going to be renewed or, or, or not renewed based on the performance of the galaxy. Um, you know, he has Coachella. He has a lot of uh, concert things that he works on. It's they Kings. just got the Kings are in there as well, right? Well, I mean, you have to talk about well, that. I was gonna, I was gonna get to that, but the, the Kings are doing very poorly as well, right? You know, they they've had some really terrible seasons after their second Stanley Cup, um, uh, and that was, I guess, what 2014 was the last Stanley Cup. So they're in a big drop too, and they've had some terrible seasons. Had to fire a couple of general managers. Things are not going well with the Kings, but on the positive side. Um, Dan Beckerman just got $700 million for renaming Staples Center. Um, so I'm sure I'm sure Phil Antrix is going to look at that and say, hey, well done, good job. Does that outweigh the other things? I don't know. I don't know how you you measure that, but it's not. It's, it's not just the Galaxy. Yeah, it's not this huge. You can't just say the Galaxy, the guy's got to go. He's got a lot of other things that he's doing quite well with. Oh, man. See, and here we woke, we woke up. We didn't think we'd have a show to talk about. We didn't think there would be any of these fun things that are sort of coming in here. And and look at all the stuff that we have now. So we, you know that there's preseason. You know when it starts. You know when things are going to start ramping up for the Galaxy. Uh, you you know, know that Palm Springs is, is not is, is about yeah. 25 to 30 minutes from the Coachella Valley, the, the polo grounds right. there. So if you're going to stay in Palm Springs, which I would go ahead and do that, right? But you still have 25, 30 minutes to, to sort of go. By the way, um, I don't want to jinx anything. Okay, I don't want to jinx anything, but I told my wife the Galaxy were playing a preseason tournament in in Palm Springs slash Coachella, and I was like, "So, do you think maybe we could go for a weekend, you know, and and you know, and sort of do that?" And she said yes. Okay, so a lot of times whenever I suggest soccer, like she's not going to come with me whenever I go do soccer stuff, but she's interested in the vacation part of the of the Palm Springs no, adventure. I think she's interested in you going to Palm Springs. She's going to stay. She's going to stay in. No, cause the, she Orange has to County. watch the kid. She wants, to, she oh. tries to stick a lot closer to me now that, you know, we have an energetic two year old who bounces off the, uh, the, uh, the walls all the time. So anyway, uh, just in case anybody knows, Santa came to our house, which was wonderful. Um, I think the top thing... The Santa that you saw as a kid when you were on LSD, that Santa? That was not LSD. That was probably just sugar, um, I would imagine. I don't. I can't, you know, I can't confirm that, but the cookies came from Grandma, so we're going to assume uh, that it was sugar. Uh, it was, it, of course, it's the same Santa because it's Santa. Um, there's, there's one or money. Depends on how you sort of view things. But the best, uh, the best uh, uh, gift that I got for Christmas was some Bombas slipper. You know, Bombas, the sock people. Yeah. I love their socks. Right. I like, uh, I pretty much exclusively Bombas. Again, somebody who does not sponsor the show who definitely could. Right. Well, one um, pair goes to a homeless shelter. Absolutely. And I'm all about that as well. And I still think their socks are reasonably priced and still hold it, but they have slippers. I just, I got two pairs. I would just like to point out to everybody that you should, you should get Bombas slippers. Um, they are, they are outstanding and warm and comfy and you can put them over your socks if your feet are really cold or you can wear them bare feet and they keep your feet warm and they got little stickies on the bottom so you don't slide on the wood floor. There's a lot of positives to the Bombas slippers and I'm, I'm enjoying them. So that's how so I'm you, podcasting right now. We did not let Santa in our house cause he's apparently anti-vaxxer and he didn't have a mask on. <laughs> he didn't he wore just Tucker Carlson. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't, I, no, I don't no. think, I don't think that was the case at all. All right. Uh, anything else you want to get to or are we done? We're done. 
You, you want a Walker Zimmerman guitar pick? I I'm, I do actually. I would like one. But how many do you have? You just have one, and are you gonna? I make... just have one Walker, but I have some other. I have no, uh, no, no, no. Have some other guys here. No, I wanted the, I wanted the, I wanted the, the Walker Zimmerman one. That's the, this is the, some other guy. I don't know who this is. Is there a, is there a? It's Joe Willis. Um, is, oh, oh, there it is. Yeah, the goalkeeper. Is is Dave? Is there a Dave Romney one? There's not the Dave Romney. He was not up for an award. So okay. yeah, I apologize. That is Joe Willis. You're right. Absolutely right. Yeah. Joe Willis, right there. Uh, by the way, Field of Berm says Corner of the Galaxy brought to you by Dr Pepper and Bombas. <laughs> I mean, come on, we could be. I'm willing to sell out, Kevin. I don't know if people know this about me. Totally will sell out. Not a problem. Just the sponsor. I've had some offers. It's just they. Apparently, they think me selling out for that amount of money is ridiculous. Like they're like no. What? That thing behind you, it looks like the galaxy. Where's the corner that the galaxy is in? <laughs> the corner of the galaxy. Tiny, it's a, there's a tiny little corner. We'll see where it goes. All right. Uh, that about does it. We have another show coming up on Thursday. No idea who my co-host is because I don't like planning that far ahead. We will have a show on Thursday, um, and we'll update you on a whole bunch of different stuff that is going on, I'm sure. Hopefully, we'll have some player signings by then. Hopefully, they'll announce them Thursday morning. That's always good. Maybe I can make that happen. I wonder who I have to bribe to get announcements on Thursday morning so we can talk about it on Thursday night. Um, but we'll see what we have and we will certainly keep you updated. If we find out who any of these player signings are again, two new players expected to be signed and announced this week. And that is coming, uh, LAFC, LAFC tickets on sale this week, uh, preseason tournament. I imagine they're going to announce this week, although details I guess are not a hundred percent finalized and a whole bunch of things. So they're figuring that out, whether that's this week or next week, that's coming. And don't make your reservations for, for Palm Springs or Coachella yet, because, we don't know if fans will be allowed in. Right. Am I allowed to, though? I imagine press will be in. I mean, I don't mean to sit on my high horse and be like king of the mountain on this, but, you know, if everybody else I doesn't come, does that keep I, my my hotel you, rates low? Well, your Dr. Pepper and Bombas reps will be able to get you in. Not a problem. That, that's a good idea. They've got to talk to my sponsors. That's um, that's um, that's good stuff. All right. Uh, I think that does it. If you are looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. Head on over there to latimes.com as well, and he will be happy. He will be thrilled that you subscribe to the LA Times and you read his stuff. So please go on over there and check that out as soon as you possibly can. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerthegalaxy.com. Our podcast there will update with some news and some other things that we have as well. Uh, and so that'll do it. For a very wonderful Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Patrick Gessman. You've been listening. You've been watching, too. Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>